Von Schmidt, like a runaway beer truck down the sidelines. Greer lobs it in the air. Oh, what a catch, Gary Jennings. Touchdown, West Virginia. Left, still running back there, plenty of time. And now the clock down to 15. He throws in the end zone. It's intercepted by Brian King. Brian King intercepted the football with 12 seconds to go. The West Virginia Mountaineers have shocked the number 12-rated Hokies of Virginia Tech. Pat White under center, takes the snap, takes a knee, and Georgia is defenseless. The West Virginia University Mountaineers have come into Atlanta, Georgia, and they have captured the 72nd Sugar Bowl with an incredible 38-35 victory over the Georgia Bulldogs. It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Hello, welcome back to the final drive for another preview episode for this week's football matchup between West Virginia and Kansas. I am your host, Hank Steinmiller, joined by my co-host, Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm all right. I'm happy to get some football back, some West Virginia football in particular. It was um, a little bit of a strange weekend not having uh, not having a West Virginia game to take up most of your Saturday. Yeah, they're all strange without them. It just doesn't quite feel right. But it is also nice to not have that burden of uh, pressure watching them on a Saturday. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I got to see some other teams in the country. I paid a lot of attention, a lot of attention to the Big Twelve teams, but I do that every week. Yeah, yeah, especially the little Red River rivalry shootout, whatever they want to call it now. <laughs> but uh, this week we get the pleasure of hosting Kansas in Morgantown. So, uh, got any thoughts on them? Um. Well, I mean, they still continue to be the bottom dweller in the Big Twelve, so. Uh, should have an easy time this week, but you still got to show up and play the game. Uh, still got a great coach in Les Miles over there on the sideline. So to yeah. show up, get get things done, and get out of here with a victory and everybody safe. I do agree. Les Miles still is a good coach, whether people think he is or not. And um, I wouldn't say a 3-9 and nine record in his first season necessarily demotes him from being a great coach. Um, his his other coaches, I mean, it's recruiting. I think he's one of the better recruiters. I think he'll get some of the higher higher recruits for Kansas and their program's history out there. But in in all honesty, he's the perfect head coach as a as a head of your organization and not necessarily dictating one side of the ball, kind of like Holgerson did with West Virginia, just being an offensive mind. But so some of the things that I have noticed from Kansas going into this week is, I mean, especially last year, they, they, they had the middle of the year last year, they had um, a couple games where they were really in it. They took Texas down to the wire in Austin. They beat Texas tech um, went on the road and beat Boston college before both of those games. I think they went on the road, beat Boston college, but, 20-some points for their first road win against Power 5 opponent, 48 tries. So things did look to be turning around, but this year just there's been nothing uh, happening for them. They've had every bad break they could get necessarily with their 
I mean, they lost their senior quarterback, so you knew you had to replace him, but it's been a, a circus at quarterback for them this year. They've played, what, three different guys at this point, um, and nobody's really looked that great. They're only averaging 14 points a game, so they can't really find anything to move the ball. Yeah, they've played three different quarterbacks, and all three play pretty different styles, too. So they, they have not really found an identity offensively, if you ask me. I mean, they got one of the elite players, I would say, in the Big 12 with Puka Williams. But if defenses just have to key on him, it makes for a pretty easy day. They do have um, Elton Gardner, too. He's uh, he's also running the ball pretty well for with for them. Uh, I think he has the around the same amount of yards as Puka. He leads the team in, in yards there, yeah. He's got a couple less carries than Puka, but um, he's kind of that change of pace. Not, I don't know if they call it a change of pace, but he's the he's the tandem with Puka. I know for sure they, they'd like to establish the run with their quarterback situation, but with that being your best player and kind of your only player, it is tough to do with an offensive line as bad as theirs is. Yeah, I mean, I I expect – Stills brothers to be in the backfield pretty much all day long, uh, like they did against Baylor. Yeah, thirty-three um, negative plays for that Kansas offense this year, and I mean, the big shock to me first week was now uh, we've seen that Coastal Carolina is a pretty decent football team up to this point, but they that offensive line, both sides, the offensive line especially just got manhandled by Coastal Carolina in Lawrence. So it all, I mean, they, the saying is games are won and lost in the trenches, but that I think it proves very true for especially this Kansas team. Yeah, and I, I think that goes for the other side of the ball too, because they haven't had anybody on their defensive line be able to create any sort of pressure either. I think their leading guy on the line has one sack this year. That's another thing that I think helps West Virginia this week is that Deggy should be able to just sit back in the pocket and hopefully spread the ball around. Yeah, it it should be a confidence-boosting game for West Virginia. Um, I don't want them to really try something new because of a lesser opponent. I'd just like them to get, get really good at what they do against this team. Um, I wouldn't, I, I also, I mean, we've seen a plethora of mistakes the last two weeks from West Virginia. So I hope that doesn't creep in because as bad as Kansas is, it's still big time college football and anything can happen. Yeah, that should be the goal this week is, I mean, really, I would like to see a game without an interception. Uh, he's got to be, He's, his experience has to show at some point, and he really has to step up. I think this is the week that 
really shows that he can take care of the football and just lead it for a dominant victory. Yeah. Uh, take care of the football, eliminate penalties. That's that's the biggest thing this week. I want to work on the fundamentals. Go back to the fundamentals and just grind out a nice, nice win. Um, so offensively, we know Kansas, they have playmakers. It's the offensive line, I think, that is the worst part of them because even when they do like Kendrick is a better passer than Jalen Daniels is and Jalen Daniels won't be playing he's a big dual threat quarterback true freshman that they've had showed some promise in the Baylor game and he got hurt on the third or fourth drive against Oklahoma State but Miles Kendrick plays a completely different style more of an in the pocket uh, distribute the ball type of guy but the distribution there is very very much short of the sticks almost every single time whether it's a check down game that they run or just a short pass game so yeah that's really we saw saw that what that is like for anybody that was watching last season knows how kansas fans feel at this point because that's a lot of what we had to do with an inexperienced pretty much uh, basically a bad offensive line that's really what our offense looked like last year yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, it is what it is. You play with what you have, and you do your best with what you have. So Kansas can get some things done in the right circumstance, but I expect that West Virginia defensive line to take over the offensive line of Kansas and, like you said, live in the backfield. They've given up 33 negative plays. I think West Virginia has forced 26 tackles for loss this year, and 12 and a half have come from that defensive line. So. I'd, I'd like to up the in-game average a little bit there, see somewhere in that 10 to 12 tackle for loss this week. And I think it should be a pretty dominating performance defensively for West Virginia. Yeah, um, on the injury front, uh, do you think uh, think Cohen plays this week? Uh, I know he was supposed to practice a little bit yesterday. I don't see a reason really to rush him back, so I don't I don't think he'll play. So I I mean we we played well last week without him. So I'm not saying we don't need him. Everything's good with more depth, but I don't see a reason to rush Cohen back for this week. I'd hold him out for Texas Tech game probably. Something else in terms of uh, personnel wise, I saw on Tuesday Neil Brown uh, the the depth chart came out and Brandon Yates was placed over. Uzebu at left tackle. Um, do you think that that makes any difference uh, switching up left tackle a couple games into the season? I think we've already seen a little bit of a shuffle there because I, I want to say when uh, uh, Chase Burnt or Barrett got benched there for a little bit, they did like a full reshuffle on that line mid game, and I, I want to say Zebe went to the right side. Is that if that's how you say his name? But as close as I can get there, I think he went to the right side. So I would I I want to get someone on that left side that is established or can establish himself. But we've definitely had some. I don't really, I can't even pinpoint it to one real position on the offensive line, as, except for the right side of, during that Oklahoma State game. But I I can't pinpoint it to one position that is bad i think they just need time to gel and we haven't had the same offensive line for two games this year or for two straight games so it's another part of that 
process going to find a line, but they got to figure it out quickly and just kind of go with that because I, I think the biggest thing offense on the offensive line is uh, the unity there. I think that gets overlooked a lot. I don't, a good offensive line can look bad if they haven't gelled yet. So getting the right guys in there and getting them to gel, I think, is an important part of getting this team back on track. I would agree with that. So we'll see what they can do. Um, I, I, it's not a bad decision to try some different things, I guess. Offensive line it hasn't been the best this year. So I just hope it gets ironed out here in the next – this week and next week. I want it to get – I want to have an established probably – Three straight games, same starting line going into the gauntlet of the schedule there towards the end. So with that being said, going to the defensive side of Kansas, I don't have much to say about it because there isn't much to say about it. It is downright awful. Yeah, I mean, that's from the couple games that I've seen, there's just really nothing. There's no pushback by them. They, They pretty much just let you... Whatever you want to do, it'll let you have it all day. Yeah, it's every single, there's a hole anywhere you want to make it. That defensive line is porous, and they they can, they can couldn't stop a park car. Park car move on them. So I, we should have our way with them. They are one of the worst rushing defenses in the country. 72nd. I'm not sure how many teams technically have played, but I know that number around 75 has been thrown around for like to make the statistics thing. So if you're one of the worst three or four defenses rushing in the country, that should help our run game a little bit. I'd like to see that number pushed up a bit more. We ran for 134 yards. If you take out sacks from last week, I'd, I want to see that pushed up more, and doing that will take the ball out of Deggie's hands. He might not only need to throw 15 times this week, keep him upright, keep him a little bit healthier for the upcoming weeks. And that is one thing, though, that uh, I don't want them to fall into the trap of – I mean, it's not really a trap, but if they're able to run every single play against Kansas, I still want to see them drop back and work on the – once you get a couple touchdown lead – drop back and pass a few times just to get the work in. You don't want to – other teams aren't going to let you run it every single play. So Deggy really needs to get the reps in at least. Uh, I would like to see him still into the 20-25 range if we can just to get the reps. Game reps are good, but uh, they do get – I think they will get enough reps practice-wise for um, – Deggy to be on target and whatnot. I think I don't. I don't think him. If he wasn't on target in practice, I don't think he'd be starting. So, um, I think that's not. I'm not sure how big of an issue that is. I would like to. Yeah, I want to see him throw the ball well, and I think he will. There's plenty of holes in that Kansas defense, wherever it may be. If we don't, I mean, on first down, if we only get a yard rushing, let him drop back, throw the ball, but. Obviously, we're not going to be able to just line up every single play, and if they got nine men in the box, yeah, we'll throw it. But I don't, I don't think the offense needs to use this game as a practice, so to speak. Let's just take what is given to us and dominate an opponent for once. We we haven't scored. We scored thirty-one points against Texas last 
October. And aside from that, we haven't scored more than 30 points in a conference game since 2018. So let's let's get some dominating offense, whether that comes rushing or passing. I, I know people have said that Brown can't hasn't found an identity offensively, which may or may not be true, but I'm not sure that you have to have an identity, so to speak. Just take what the defense gives you. I think that having an identity can almost be negative at times because if teams know how to stop identity and you kind of get lost don't know what to do uh, we saw that plenty of times with Holgerson teams just got away from us when what he wanted to do wasn't working so yeah and it almost yeah. forced him to revamp that quote-unquote air raid offense that he had you saw us run the ball pretty well with him at the helm at certain points yeah there were a few years there where I would say we were run heavy, especially the years with Skylar Howard. Um, you really saw, I, I can't, I'm drawing a blank on who was in the backfield those years, but uh, they were some of the most dominant running backs in the Big 12 at that time. Justin Crawford and uh, those those guys back there. Um, yeah. That, it was almost like a fake air raid offense. Like we, we would line up like that and spread everyone out, but then we'd just hand the ball between the guards and pick up six, seven yards. So I think that's that's a big misconception in my opinion. Yeah, you're going to have an identity based on – basically you base an identity on who your best player is. They could change year to year. I don't care if, if your quarterback's your best player. I guess you'll be a passing type offense. If your running back's your best player, you got to center that offense around him. So I don't, I don't know that having an identity, so to speak, is a killer or a – a necessary a necessary thing so i th i think brown's done well especially looking at the stats of just having this a balanced offense last week we had i think 27 first down plays and it was split pretty much down the middle run pass whichever it might be but i i think his situational awareness is probably higher than most coaches and i think he he does well it's just it's not the overpowering offense you're going to see like he did from Holgerson. Yeah, he was an air raid, but he he knew how to squeeze more yards out of lesser players. Neil Brown's going to take what he can get. If this team's at best putting up 27 points a game, we're going to play good defense. We're going to play sound offense and play the possession game. Do what we can do. Holgerson, if you, he had a team that was a 30-point offense, he'd squeeze another 10 out of them. Yeah, uh, I I agree with that. Uh, I think it, it's just a lot of the fans that uh, aren't sure about Brown's identity yet, I think they're just still adjusting. It's been so long since we've had a change of style that it's only year two, three games uh, three games into year two. So it, it's an adjustment period getting used to it as fans because you, you want to see the team from a few years ago that – put up 40, 50 points, but let's just be the team that does the right things, plays good defense, and hopefully scores more points than the opponent. Al Davis said it best, just win, baby. Yep. That's okay. all we got to do. And you are right. I get they, We've been spoiled for, I don't know, probably 18 years. Rich Rod had high-powered offenses that 
that, that Bill Stewart era there wasn't, I wouldn't necessarily call that high powered, but there was still the talent level there to score when they needed to. So there was scoring there, and then you bring in high powered Dana Holgerson. Yeah, we're going to have offense, but we lack defense for a lot of the last decade. And I think what you're seeing now is a change of that. We're getting that defense back that um, you saw in the Rich Rod era, in the Big East era. We're kind of that scrappy defense that it's just enough. And then once that offense kind of finds their footing and gets going, you might start to see 30, 35, 38 points on the board. And I think that's perfectly acceptable. Yep, I mean, that, that's all that defense can ask for is if you can get us to 30, we're going to take care of the rest. Yeah. And even sometimes less than that, it might only take 25, 24, somewhere in there. But that's use it while we can because I, I know that defense has some pieces that are going to be gone. It seems like we replace a good defense every year. That's pretty much overhauled, kind of like what LSU is going through right now. But hopefully that doesn't continue and we sort of get some stability defensively. But back to Kansas, I I just don't expect too much from Kansas. I I don't want to downplay an opponent so bad that it's just a guaranteed win because that's why they play the game. They do have playmakers. There are division one athletes on that program or on that roster. So mental mistakes and any sort of sloppy football needs to be curbed this week. I'd also like to see Sinkfield and Brown go for a hundred apiece. I don't know how realistic that might be, but they'll both need the touches to do that. Obviously, yeah, that's true. Uh, they did it in week one, so I I think this Kansas team might be a little better than Eastern Kentucky, but uh, I still think there's the opportunity there for both of them to have a big game, and maybe even other guys that don't see the playing time every week. Maybe they can get a few touches as well. Yeah, that that's. I hope that comes later in the game, and I hope somewhere near the middle of that third quarter, this game's pretty much in hand. I don't, I don't know if you call in. I'm in hand can be anywhere from fourteen to thirty-five points, depending how the game's gone, basically. But offensively, we have the advantage. I think defensively, we have the advantage. Um, special teams. This might be the only game this year that we have the advantage in special teams. This Kansas special teams is atrocious. Yeah, they gave up again, what, uh, two two touchdowns against Baylor. Two kick return touchdowns, it's, one on a safety punt. I didn't see any of last week's game with them. Well, I don't think they had to else. kick off to Oklahoma State, but twice. True. Not, not much of a chance for them to mess it up. Yeah, so the kicker's not that good. I mean, they don't kick many field goals because they're not in scoring position enough, but kicker doesn't seem to be that good. Uh, it's just if there's any week that we might have the better special teams unit, it's this week. Now, I'm not predicting we score a return touchdown, but if we were to get one, it'll be this week. Um, Let's hope we can have one of those on the board. Yeah, those are always exciting to see. 
like going a whole year without one. Yeah, keep that defense our best unit on the field. I know you want your defense off the field, but you know, keep the keep the better unit on the field. Probably have a better chance to win. Um, but let's also try to keep Evan Staley off the field as much as possible. So with that being said, have you looked at the lines? Do you, what what are you showing for the lines and uh, point total there? I saw it. I checked earlier today. I'm pulling it back up now. Sitting at West Virginia is 22 and a half point favorites, and the over under is sitting at 51 and a half right now. Okay, that's what I got too. I don't like either of those. Where do they sit? I, I, I still think that uh, I don't like betting on West Virginia. I kind of just like enjoying the games on every other game in the in the country. But I think if I were to take something out of those, I would take West Virginia covering. I have a score written down uh, for my prediction, and it actually sits right at the fifty-one mark for total. So okay. I would definitely be avoiding that, but if I were to pick a side, it would be West Virginia to cover. Okay. Uh, I, I just don't have a good... Yeah. I don't like the number because, it, I mean, with it being just over that three-touchdown mark, you can that could be a, a late touchdown or field goal that... Messes things up. This team continuing to grow, you always have to kind of factor in just mental mistakes, even in a handy victory. So, a handy victory, I'd say, still against a power five opponent, if you're winning by 21, 28 in that case, whether that be a late field goal or late garbage time touchdowns by Kansas, you know, we throw a, we fumble the ball in our own territory, they get an easy touchdown out of it. And that 28 point whooping goes to 21 then you like you said that's a tough one so even that if 24 points if we're sitting there at 44 to 20 in the fourth quarter and they kick a field goal that's or we we fumble the ball again you know what i mean that's just too much with a team that's still growing if we were we were a solid top 25 team i'd say go for that 22 and a half i think kansas is that bad but I I just don't have confidence with that many points up there. If this were somewhere around 17, I'd take that. But the spread is my and you, you don't know concern. That line it's still we're sitting here recording Thursday afternoon, so uh, I think by Saturday you could see that total come down a little bit. And I think if it goes down two points and you can get it at 20 and a half. Yeah. And I would say jump on that, and I, I I feel comfortable with that one. Yeah. Um. If I were picking, obviously, like you said, I don't pick these. I don't actually bet these games. But if I were picking, I'd do that six point teaser. I'd knock that spread down to fifth or sixteen and a half, and I'd bump that over under up to fifty seven and a half, and I'd tease West Virginia covering sixteen and a half and the under at fifty seven and a half. Yeah. I uh, I don't hate that pick. I still think there's a chance that. Even at that six point teaser that he could go over because for my sixty six percent of the bets right now are on the under. 
I think people are expecting this Kansas offense to not score. And if they do not score much. Yeah. Uh, I think that, I think that they still do end up finding one somehow. I'm thinking in the 10 to 14 point range. I was, I'd say 14 with, to 17 at worst. Uh, yeah. I, I was thinking 14 personally. Um, so then West Virginia needs to get what? 37. Yeah. And go over the 51 and a half. As bad as this Kansas defense has been, I just, and we, we just haven't scored that many points against a power five or a big 12 opponent and that long. So that's, that's tough for me to say that we put up close to 40 yet. I know what was it? 56 against Eastern Kentucky, but it's Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, so. Uh, my prediction is going to go over that mark, but uh, maybe I'm a little hopeful for the rest of the country. What you got for your prediction? So I have West Virginia pulling it out 41 to 14. Okay. That's, it's doable, and that would be probably a perfect yeah. game by West Virginia, by this team especially. Obviously, a perfect game would be like 300 to nothing, but perfect game for this team would be a 41-14 win somewhere in that area. I'm going to take West Virginia 34 to 13. I like that too. So we're sort of both in the same ballpark for what we think this team's going to do on Saturday. Yeah. Somewhere in that area. I think it's it's doable if if we're anywhere into like a 10-point game in that fourth quarter, we've done something wrong. Something has gone bad. Austin Kendall might be playing if we're only winning by 10 in the fourth quarter. I don't want uh, other teams around the country to be getting updates, tuning in to the West Virginia-Kansas right. game. Uh, that would be a bad situation, but I do see this, see us pulling it out probably in that 20-point range, but I wouldn't be shocked if something happened late that it became a 14-17 point game, but it's still, I hope it's a 21-plus. That would be hopeful, but also, do you think there's any chance, I think today might be the last round of testing, you think there's any chance that this game might get canceled? I... Knowing what we know no, about Baylor? So. No. Uh, I mean, I think that is that is something to worry about because uh, I don't know how you felt when you read that, but I I could not believe that Baylor was that. Uh, I don't know the right word to say, but it, they it was a complete disregard for. Uh, so I didn't I didn't read exactly. So what I read was basically the way I took it was hindsight. They probably did have people, but they didn't knowingly send people that had it. So they didn't knowingly send people that had it, but from what I saw, they had a player that was very sick, um, tested him before the uh, flight. He was negative. So they decide, decided to send him anyway, even though he was very sick. Yeah. And it turned out that that was a false negative. Okay. 
But then the, the athletic director then after the fact trying to blame West Virginia's facilities. Yeah, that's... That was just insane. Yeah. It's a little bit of a a shot for no reason. Just I mean, it's the second time Baylor's had this issue, so it's not just West Virginia's facilities doing it. There's some sort of uh, systematic issue over there. But hopefully it doesn't get canceled. But I, I, I think... Neil Brown has uh, run things just about as well as you can hope in this uh, in these circumstances because uh, Committer tested positive. He was the only one. Yeah, we didn't hear anything uh, else about anyone. So uh, that, that's good. They kind of contained it to only one person. Hopefully, he's feeling better. Uh, I don't think I don't think he can play yet this week. Yeah, they're tonight's going to be uh, Brown's going to release that tonight. They they're still up in the air about uh, men are playing. So we'll see. Hopefully, it still happens. Um, but you never know with everything going on. So yeah, seems these things come out. Hopefully, the best. So <laughs> all right. Well, here's the final drive. Looking for a twenty-plus point win for West Virginia. Um, my name is Hank. You can find me on Twitter at Hank underscore Naughton Junior. Instagram at Steinmiller zero three. And Jake, throw out your handles there. Uh, you can find me everywhere at JTZ four. And uh, check out our Twitter account at Sports Shift Media. Check out the website too. Got some cool stuff on there. A lot of cool things going on. Uh, throw some comments in there uh, if you have any ideas for us. We're always looking to make new ideas. Yeah, let us know what you think. So we'll see you ne- uh, Sunday, Monday, somewhere for the post game reaction there. Shake and bake.